Hey there, Mojo Sports fans, and welcome to the NRL Show, the podcast for all the Mojo Sports fans who love rugby league. I'm your host, Lainey. Well, the 2023 NRL Grand Final has been and gone, and the Penrith Panthers added their name to the history books with another team to take out a premiership three years in a row, which hasn't been achieved in 42 years. Played on Sunday the 1st of October, I was a live witness with 81,124 others to witness the achievement, but also see one of the most memorable grand final matches, which will be talked about for quite a while. On the show today, Emma and I reflect on the final fast-paced 80 minutes of Rugby League. We discuss the highlights and the lowlights with some honesty and with bellies full of humble pie after the team we were hoping to win, the Brisbane Broncos, came away with a two-point loss. The final score was 26 to 24, and wow, it was a thriller to the final whistle. We have got so much to talk about, so let's get into it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mojo Sports NRL show. I'm your host, Lainey, and I'm joined today by fellow panellist, Emma. And the dust has settled a bit uh, on the grand final match or matches. The weather's a bit cooler here in New South Wales, and after that heat on Sunday, I tell you what, it's nice to have a cool change. So the team that overcame that heat and all of that hot air about that match between the Brisbane Broncos and the Penrith Panthers, well, it was the Panthers that came out on top. We were both barracking for the Broncos. You at home, Emma, and me live at the game. Like you said, Emma, this was the tiebreaker as these teams played the first and last game of the season and came in with the same number of wins. So, Emma, how are you? How are you doing? How's the Has the grand final result been sitting with you well or not well since Sunday evening? Yeah, I'm going pretty well, thank you. Um, yeah, the result was uh, probably at the start of the game, maybe I was expecting it to end like that. But I was saying to my husband before halftime, I was like, they're going to, they just need to regroup after halftime. They're going to come out and they're going to be good. And that's what happened. And then I think they got a little bit too comfortable, comfortable. And uh, yeah, they just choked, I guess, is pretty much the only thing you can say. <laughs> pretty devastating if you're a Broncos fan. And I was also pretty devastated. So yeah, but how did you find it? You were at the game. So atmosphere would have been a bit different for you. The atmosphere was, um, I don't know whether electric is the right word, maybe like a sauna is the only other way to describe it. It was uh, extremely hot, quite uncomfortable. Uh, We arrived there, um, I think, around about one o'clock. So we had watched all the matches leading up to the the NRL final. You know, 40,000, I think, also turned up for the NRLW. And then by the time the NRL grand final came around, it was 81,000 something people there. And it really felt like 81,000 people. Um, a lot of deodorant has ex- had expired by that point. So there was a lot of uh, sweating and there was really just no breeze inside of the stadium. So watching, watching a team that you're barracking for lose, actually there was a point, I think, in the final minutes that I realised, yeah, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't get this back. There's no victory coming out of this. I think I can't remember who it was who lost possession of the ball, and then I was like, "That's it. That's the game. It's it's not happening." I actually just had to stand up and applaud the Panthers. They played such a great game, um, and and I actually said to my husband, "They deserved that win. Actually, they deserved it. They held on. It was pretty thrilling, though." Yeah, hectic. <laughs> Looked like some pretty wild scenes there. Yeah, the noise of the stadium as well. Like just that. You probably had that when you were at Origin. Just sort of noticed the the crowd just sort of turns into this whole single organism, really, when it comes to cheering for their side. Yeah, well, the commentators were saying it's one of the loudest crowds they've ever heard. So 
Really? That's um yeah, they I can't remember who it was. Um but yeah, he said it's the loudest he's ever heard. Uh you said it was gonna be close and you said not more than four points last week, and you were right. It was two points. We also thought that it'd be a grand final to remember, much like the 2015 grand final, and it could be one that will be talked about for decades, but the Broncos, again, are on the wrong side of these memorable grand final matches. How do you feel? What do you think? Do you, do you think that maybe next year? I know we often say, oh, yeah, next year. Do you think next year is a year for the Broncos? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they, if they continue the way that they've been going and they keep working hard and they don't um, forget about, like, how hard that they've worked and they really put in the effort to get there next year, um, I think they have have every potential and um I think the Panthers probably they've got a lot of players going different places, so I don't think they'll be as strong next year. I think it's just something that's got to come with experience for them winning grand finals is just like it. I think it really showed their um uh, their ability to keep it together um, in that really intense match um, was what really let them down. I think, but I think if they keep working, they've got the they've got the skills and they've got the team to do it. So I don't see why they can't try again next year. I feel like I'm still recovering from it all. I don't know, maybe I I, I just really believed that this was their year to get there. Um, and I thought that perhaps they would have overcome a lot of the noise, that they would come in with a bit of focus. But, you know, as I watched them with a lot of the all discipline errors, you know, um, I know you and I, we were talking uh, last week about well hopefully Reynolds doesn't get injured you know and then in the first 25 minutes you know he has that awful twist when he falls and then his hip is you know an issue and then you can actually see just how much that it affected the rest of his performance and and I just thought to myself it was just so many little things that sort of contributed to their loss um so I I don't know whether I'd use a stronger word as you to say that they choked but I can certainly say that they'll probably be better prepared next time with what sort of depth and I guess you'd say preparation that they have to make sure that there's a backup to the backup to the backup. Do you know what I mean? Like there's always a contingency for those sorts of moments in the game. And now that they've actually gotten there, they've now got a side that can build on that and learn from that in order to really mount a really good campaign for 2024. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... That was, like you said, was one of our main concerns going into the grand final without um, without really anyone that can kind of live up to what Reynolds can do in the halves um, to replace him if something did happen. And, um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it did affect him after that little, little mishap. The commentators thought that he was going to come off and <laughs> making big calls like that he tore his groin and all that. I was like, that's a bit a bit much, but um, he played on. But you could tell that he was a bit hesitant. Um, he was putting his body on the line. But even that last... Um, try by Nathan like he missed that tackle but it's a little bit you're going to be a bit slower you're going to be a bit um not as agile when you've got something going on with your hips which is the main part of where all your agility comes from and um I think that not just not just then but that's a moment where you see that he wasn't at his best and um not being able to just come off and give someone let someone else take over is Mm. is a real risk I guess um they they didn't have they couldn't afford to not play him. That's right. And and I saw that moment where he stood up and you could see he was really just trying to, I guess, regather himself. And, you know, I think the trainer at one point was like, are you going to stay on? Are you going to get off? And, you know, there was a moment where I, I, I even thought that I thought, Adam, are you staying on? And then they sort of like zoomed up to his face and I was like, oh, he's going to stay on. Like I could see it. Like I could see that the moment where he made the decision 
I have to, you know. Like, yeah. like, he would have known he had to. They were, I, I don't I don't want to say scrambling, but there was, they weren't under control. The Like the rest of the boys needed someone out there to lead them around. Um, yeah. And he's the only one that could do that. He needed to be there. And yeah. unfortunately for them, they just couldn't afford to take him off. Yeah, at moments, um, like during the season, I saw, like Billy Walters could do that for for some of it, but nowhere near to the, I, uh, I guess you could say, with the sort of clout that um, yeah. Adam does, where a lot of the team would follow him. I mean, like Carrigan tries to do it as well. I can see. I think they have other good leaders that the boys all look up to, but Adam just has that much more experience and the age, and it all just kind of. He knows what to do when things are getting too hard. Like you said, they've got a few players that are could be coming through um, and could be the next leaders for them when it is time for Adam to re- retire. Hopefully yeah. not soon. But, yeah, some of those boys will be there to step up, but it's just not they weren't ready yet. Before we get too deep into the matches, into the match, sorry, um, I'd say a lot of people were adjusting to the lost hour daylight saving ending on Sunday um, and a long weekend for some of us needing the Monday off uh, to recover from the loss or the win for many. Uh, I, I met my brother, my niece, and my nephew at the stadium. So they travelled down from Cairns uh, to be there for the game. So they showed up during that NRLW grand final and lo and behold, I tell you what, my nephew, my nephew the one that's been on the show, comes waltzing up the stairs with a Panther shirt on and my eyes like nearly popped out of my head. He reveals to me that he's a Panthers fan and this blood relative of mine has a huge grin on his face. My niece is also a Panthers fan. They're both Queensland born and raised but they're Pacific Islander to the core. They support the Panthers because, as they told me, all the island players play for them. So (laughs) that's why they support them. But um, my my old my, my little brother who was there, he said, "Sis, I'm just here to watch the game because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supporting any particular team. You know, it's the experience." But you yeah. know, so it was a 35 degree day out at Olympic Park. I watched three Queensland teams lose in the same day. I know there are some hardcore New South Wales fans that will dine on that, but two of those three matches were thrillers. So the South Sydney Rabbitohs and Brisbane Tigers. That match was showing you know, quite a lot of dominance uh, from the New South Wales side. Tyrone Monroe, a standout star. I know when Anthony and I caught up about the South season, we talked about his potential a lot, and he was fantastic in that match. He scored, I remember saying, actually, and I remember saying to no one in particular, with wide eyes when he scored that first try, I just gasped and said, oh, my goodness, Tyrone's playing. He's going to score a lot of tries for this team. Of course they're going to win. He scored a hat-trick. you know, I'm sure if you caught that game, but geez, it was such a runaway for the Rabbitohs. Eight winning tries to only four that were scored by the Tigers. The final score was 42 to 22. And playing in that heat, Jesus, they deserve, they deserve um, actually what I imagine would have been an enjoyable rest of the afternoon to the evening to just kick back and know that they've done their job. They can really relax. Um, and then the NRLW match was a great showing by the women. The Gold Coast Titans and the Newcastle Knights. But what a match. I know Gab and Georgie on the Mojo uh, Women in League show, we're thinking this is going to be the result with the Knights backing up with another premiership win. Well, it was a final score of 24 to 18. Jamie Chapman for the Titans, she scored three tries for the Titans and the Knights scored five with what looked like it was going to be a Titans win. But Tamika Upton crossing the line twice to score two tries to seal the deal for the Knights. 
I mean, honestly, congratulations to both those teams. But Emma, I imagine you watched the NRL W one for sure. What were your thoughts on that? Well, I was. It was a great game, first of all. So I was pretty pretty excited to see the Titans. Um, I thought, oh, they've actually got a chance here. And um, Jamie Chapman with that hat trick, super impressive. And I was quite excited. I thought, oh, this is going to be a great start to the night. Titans are doing well. And then, yeah, like you said, Tamika Upton just comes out and does what she does best and performs under pressure and, yeah, shuts it down. So, yeah, great game. But, um, yeah, obviously the Titans just couldn't get there this time, but Knights just showed why they are back-to-back premiers and, yeah, they've done really well. So good on them. So we saw we saw a um, come-from-behind <laughs> victory in that grand final. Um, I know you and I, before we came on, we were talking about how it was a bit of an omen. We thought the the outcome of the <laughs> AFL with the um, Brisbane Lions losing. I mean, I wonder how many Victorians and New South Wales folk are all dining on, you know, schadenfreude. Lachlan, if you're listening, please don't at me about that German pronunciation if you're cringing. But Brisbane Lions, Brisbane Tigers and Brisbane Broncos all defeated in their grand finals. And then the Gold Coast Titans, you said your husband had even uh, made comment about it oh wow yeah oh man I can't I couldn't believe it just watching the AFL the night before I was like please don't let this be what it is for Brisbane for the rest of the weekend but it was so yeah (laughs) yeah whoever made that deal to make sure that every Queensland team lost yeah well next year (laughs) next year as we always say next year let's talk about the game this match no Simbins we had three HIAs, a few bust-ups. We thought there would be some bust-ups. And it was a two-point difference at half-time, and it was that at full-time. I don't know where you want to start with this first, but I think I want to kick off first about Adam G as the referee. I thought he did well in his first grand final match. Kudos to him for managing the game. I thought he proved he's great for the for the job. We didn't get a send-off. We didn't get a forgotten knock-on. We didn't get any missed forward passes. I thought maybe some head highs that were maybe missed and not penalised as it should be. It was pretty well officiated. I was happy. I'm glad to come away from a match where you don't hear people complaining about the referee. Uh, what were your initial thoughts well, on the officiating at least? Yeah, I thought he did really well. Um, he, Like you said, I think he missed a, f- a few things, but I liked the fact that he kind of stayed out of it a bit. Game, game flowed really well, probably a lot better than a lot of the games we've seen lately where they stop, start, pulling this up, pulling that up. He, he stayed out of it. He got involved when he had to, but the rest of the time he just let the game flow on and I, I thought it was really good. So, yeah, yeah. good on him. Yeah, and that's actually the reason why I've always liked to have him as a ref because – you know, I know that, especially in union as well, I know there are a few referees that they just can't stop blowing their whistle and just stop starting. It's like, come on, man, you just ruined the flow. Um, but Adam G doesn't do that. And, and I, yeah, that's why I, I was happy to see that it was him that got the, uh, the final dance. Um, were there any standout players? Let's go through the teams. So Penrith Panthers, right? Let's start with them first. They won. Who would you say were your, I don't know, best three or four players from that team? I, I want to say I'm pretty excited to see uh, Stephen Crichton get a try. Um, so his fourth year in a grand final in a row. So that's pretty exciting. I think he broke some records that day. So as devastating as it was for him to get that try and uh, <laughs> start the uh, turnaround. But I was, yeah, I thought that was super exciting. So good on him. A lot of people have been talking about Nathan Cleary, about how well he did to turn everything around. I... I'm going to probably be a bit controversial here and say that I didn't think he was like as amazing as people are geeing him up to be. 
at the end of the day, it was him that turned the game around. So obviously you got to give credit where it's due. But there was a lot of the times the things that he did, I think it was more um, mistakes on the Broncos side, I guess, that um, that, that let him in there. But, yes, yeah, still still stand out. Um, I think he did great. I think a few a few sort of like surprises ones there, like Mitch Kenny and Moses Leota to get tries. I thought that was pretty pretty uh, exciting for them, I guess. What are you thinking? All right, I'll, I'll go to Crichton, right? Yeah. So I know he was one of the winners for Centre of the Year at the Delhi Amps. So he scored his fourth try, as you say, in his fourth grand final, converted a try. He's heading off to the Bulldogs next year, selected for the Tuatha team for the um, Pacific Series. I thought he played an outstanding match, um, and he's always impressed me as a player. And I think he just toned up that game, and he looked like he was turning up to for business. There wasn't no having fun playing footy here. And, like, I, I get it. I get it. Like, Ivan Cleary says to the guys, I just want you out there having fun. None of these guys turned up looking like they were here to have fun. The only time they were ever had to have fun was at full time when they got the win, right? Uh, that was pretty obvious because, like, you saw guys like Liam Martin, Moses Lilta, even Isaac Tungle, they had, like, I'm ready to do harm and I'm here I'm here to um, punish you Broncos. And, yeah, they played really well throughout the match. And Crichton always has that on his face. And you can see how he always gets pumped after every try, you know, at every time he causes an error. Ugh. Damn it. I hate you, Stephen, but I love you too. It's just like he's one of those guys. I also thought Nathan Cleary, look, he didn't have the best kicks in the first half. I thought he was just a little bit slow to turn on. Um, he did turn up in the second half, though, um, a little bit more focus. And and I think it was in the press conference. So they were, I think when they interviewed him, they were asking him questions like, you know, were you thinking about the fact that the Broncos players were a bit immature and inexperienced and that you could capitalise on that opportunity to try and, you know, unsettle them and, you know, see that opportunity through? And, and I think it's probably a testament to Nathan as a player where he said, I wasn't even thinking about that. He goes, I didn't even think that far ahead. I just knew that we were leaking tries and they were playing great footy and I just wanted to stop the hemorrhaging of points, you know, and like you know, just taking it on himself as a leader to think I've got to do something. Um, we're all doing as much as we can, but I have to do something. And and that's probably what I would remark about Nathan is that, you know, he flicked that switch and he was able to elevate and lift his game. So I, I'm quite impressed about that. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, there was, and like when you think about the opposing halfback, right, you know, you think about Adam Reynolds, he didn't ex- exactly have what I would call the best games. I imagine that he would have looked back at that and thought that wasn't his best game. Um, mm-hmm. And especially for someone who's been to, what is this, like a, a few grand finals now? I and, and I know we were talking last week about how, you know, if he did win this grand final, that he'd probably retire. And I feel like we jinxed him <laughs> a little bit last week because we were talking about, you know, injuries to halfbacks and then, you know, we had our high ho- our hopes like quite high about him not getting injured. And we even thought that, oh, well, if he gets a win, you know, he can retire. And they didn't get the win. And he's probably going to have to come back. But I'd say he walked away from that thinking that's not how I wanted to play a grand final and that's not how I would have liked to retire from the game if I chose to because there were... It was so many moments. So many moments. I was like, Adam, what's going on? I, I'm always talking about you as my best player. And what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> like you knocked on. 
you know, you kicked out in the fall, you had a head high penalty, and it's like, what are you doing? It's like you're you're the most experienced guy, but you're costing your team the most opportunities. And it was actually at that point, like I know we we talked about Nathan Cleary before, and you know, you mentioned that it was that turnaround moment um, when he when he um, sort of like I don't know flicked the switch um, in the second half. But I felt like it was Adam Reynolds in the first half where he kicked that ball out on the fall and the two points penalty. That was the two points that sort of kept the Panthers within the, the realm of possible win, if you know what I mean. Like two points was just not enough of a margin or a buffer. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I just felt like that that was the turning moment for me. And it was, this is going to be controversial. I know people are going to come at me about this. You know, I get it. Adam was, you know, not necessarily at his 100% after um, he fell in that tackle, but that point, from that point onwards, and with his performance, oh man, this feels really weird to say, but and hurtful to say, but it's it's kind of what I've sort of perceived is that, you know, he maybe he maybe cost the Broncos that grand final. Heavy, <laughs> it is right. Yeah, but, but it it's kind of a truth though. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's the only one to blame, but. Oh, I, I agree. He's not the only one to blame. <laughs> but if if the two points is the reason why you lose, yeah. and it was it was a poor decision of a kick that caused that much. Because the thing is, it's one thing to drop a ball and knock on. It's one thing to do a. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to make an error that doesn't equate to points, that's kind of okay. Like, it's kind of excusable. But a major error that actually turns into points for the other side that is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think those kicks were the most frustrating thing for me because, and the commentators kept saying, oh, they have to kick short here because blah, blah, blah. Every time he kicked short and it didn't work out and it worked out worse, like he could have just kicked long and then dealt with it later. But the pressure was like, we have to make up these points. We've got to get the ball now. Well, it didn't yeah. work out any of the, I think it was like three times that it happened, I, I think. Yeah. And I, every time I was like, no, not again. You can't, you can't. You keep messing up the short kicks. Don't do it again. Yeah. But I well, think that pressure gonna... of, let's try again. Like, we have to. Yeah. And what about short kicks, right? What about that one moment where Mitch Kinney happens to sneak in because of a Farnworth, like, flick back, which turns into also points? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Just... I mean, every oh. single time it happened, I was like, no, not again, not again, not again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And then Reese Walsh decides to take a kick at one point during the first half and it goes all the way. It's like, what are you doing? It's too deep. Why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like uh, this is kind of what I was talking about before, like so many like little moments um, or like just poor decision uh, making on, you know, on the field that just attributed to to like lost, wasted opportunities or costed them possession which they didn't need to do. And I kind of feel like that's just fundamental football. Like that that is absolute basics. I, I, I'm trying not to get too emotional and worked up about it, but, you know, you've been playing great all season. You've worked out what all your flaws were and all the areas that you needed to improve on. But then you get to the final game and you make these basic errors. Honestly, I think it was for just fatigue. Like the speed of the game just looked 
crazy. Like mm-hmm. you're going to make errors by being that fast. Like everything was fast. You could barely watch at some point. Like when it started, when the game started, and then it was going for like five minutes at a time without a stoppage. It was just you're yeah, going to make yeah. those errors. And unfortunately, the Broncos just made more, yeah, a lot more errors than they could afford. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just it was just moving so quick and everyone was fired up ready to like no one was slowing it down um which is obviously you don't want to slow it down but like it would just they just couldn't keep up and then under pressure (laughs) really got to them I think I think Adam Reynolds is one of the main ones but I think Reese Walsh was also the first at the start of the game it was like he wasn't really there um he wasn't really and talking about this with one of my Broncos um supporters friends this morning and she was like I wonder if uh if their game plan was literally to not use him much and save him for the second half when everyone else is tired and then bring him out. Cause that's kind of like what it looks like they did. Mm. Um, and if that's the case, like it sounds well in theory, but he just really, I think the pressure just was way too much for him in the end. Cause he was just scrambling and doing weird stuff. Like he did a few good things, had some like runaways and line breaks and stuff, but then other times it was just, just really cost him. Like he was out of position when, uh, Nathan kicked that forty twenty, um, yeah. and then when Reynolds missed that tackle on Nathan Cleary, yeah, yeah, when he went in to try, there was no, there was like five Broncos standing there, yeah, one of them that was he was kind of the edge that, yeah, he should have been there, like he should have been in that gap, but they were just all sort of standing with their hands on their hips, and I think you could see that they were tired, like you could see that they were fatigued, and like, oh, just save a break for a second here, but you just can't afford to do that, not really at any time but especially not when you're that close to the line yeah look I agree absolutely agree everything you've pointed out 100% agree with and I remember actually seeing Nathan because like (laughs) he was running into score on our side of the field so it was so clear to me and I just saw them standing and I thought what are you doing none of you have even tried to stop him and then when I saw Reese try and get there but you know and not Way make too it. Way too and I late. thought, and I thought to myself, Dylan Edwards wouldn't have let that happen if it was on his line. No. No. And and again, this comes back to how we were talking about how different fullback uh, like styles and the way that they play. And it, yes, I agree, it does come down to experience. But Dylan plays like his life depends on it. Reese, unfortunately, I felt that you know at a crucial moment where he could have redeemed himself for a lot of the silly stuff that happened earlier and the poor decisions that was the time to do it. That was the time to put in your try-saving tackle, you know, big moment. And he fell short of it. Yeah, see, he's a lot more of a showy player because you see him run and try and tackle and he falls off and it's like, oh, look. And it makes Nathan look like he did. Everyone's going on about how great this try was. It was nothing special. They just made it look like it was a great because the way Reese ran in and missed him, like actually it was nothing special. There was... 20 meters space there that he could run through yeah and Reese has done that almost all season you know he does a big chase down going for the the tackle on a player but he always overshoots like that's his thing like he he never gets the grip on you know I I mean I haven't gone back and looked at what his missed tackle rate looks like for the year but you know it's it's a common thing to see and that was a moment where he should have planted his feet and tried to pull him back and he didn't yeah and it's just that like knowing where you should be, like where your position is. And he was just kept getting caught out of position and just trying to be everywhere and being nowhere effectively. Yeah. Um, looked like to me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And then I think you really just summed it up right there for Reese. 
Well, devastating because I remember saying last week how like risk I would, it. <laughs> I'd risk it like I know he's very risky because of these things like he makes mistakes and he's but he when he needs to he like steps up and I thought it was a good risk but didn't pay off in the end someone a bit mm. more a bit more consistent like Dylan Edwards is who you want <laughs> yeah yeah um I, look I know we haven't completely gone through all the Panthers players but you know the other player that I thought was stood out to me was actually Dylan Edwards um I thought he played so well, so well for the team, uh, for the Panthers. Um, I also thought, you know, I know he's a rookie and we touched on it last week, Sunia Taruva. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought he actually played a pretty good game. I mean, like he saved that 40-20 from Walters, remember the second time? <laughs> like he saved it, kept it in play. Um, some great tackles at crucial moments. I think he... He got a tackle on Katoni Staggs when Katoni was looking to get a um, a big line break, and then he came in again on another tackle on I think it was Reese Walsh later on. And I just thought, Jesus, Sunir, you know, I can see you've got heaps of potential. I, I can't wait to see what he does um, over the next couple of years in his career. But um, yeah, I thought he was he was pretty good, and um, I don't think a lot of people sort of thought he'd be a standout. No, well, I thought he was a standout to me. Moses Liotta, I thought great try. Also great attack um, throughout. Big guy, good speed and strength. He did well to get there as well for that um, try assist from Cleary. And he looked like no one was going to stop him. I reckon if you had like two players try and run in to stop him, he was just going to like <laughs> bounce them off him. So Yeah, yeah. I loved listening to the post-match interview and they were asking Nathan like what he thought when he looked over and realised that um, that's who was who was running alongside him, and he said, "Oh, he hesitated because he didn't think he was that fast." <laughs> and he He's quick. eventually got, yeah, he was quick. I, I don't think I've seen him run that fast. <laughs> He's someone. I'm pretty sure he ran pretty fast <laughs> from mum and dad back but, in the day. <laughs> I feel like he's just always doing them short hit ups where he's just got all all power. But then to see him, like that was a fair fair way to for him to run. So he got that high speed running in. That was impressive. impressive. <laughs> yeah. Look. I'm not trying to like talk up a lot of Islanders here, but like there are a lot of Samoan players in Union as well, um, who you see are like six foot something, 140 kilos. They can get some speed up. And the reason, and oh, I don't know if you kind of watched Rugby Union back in the day, but there's a um, family, the Tulangi brothers. Feel free to Google them. But, <laughs> yeah. um, the monsters. And yeah. like one of their um, Alessana Tuilangi, oh my gosh! If you ever, if you ever see his highlight reel on the wing, yeah, I think I've seen it. Yeah, he, they're incredible. <laughs> yeah, speed, like size, bounces people off. Yeah, I mean, I think if if Brian Tuttle was taller, he'd probably be like a, a, a Tuilangi size, but yeah, not. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I think Leota, you know. Good speed showed up for the for the grand final and did well, did well yeah. to get there as well and read that play. I think those are pretty much my standouts from the Panthers. I mean, like they all did pretty well. Um, I yeah, mean, I few... uh, Isaac Tonga did good as well. Yeah, few missed tackles though. He let yeah. Ezra through for those, uh, um, you know, for those uh, tries. But you know, I'm sure he'll be smart about that later um, <laughs> at some point when he goes back to watch. But you I mean like he ended up on the winning teams. So he'd be he'd be happy to get the the ring or the premiership shield yeah. or trophy, you know. Um, I I did actually think Spencer Lemieux, who I said last week is one of those guys who gets and gets stuff done, but he gave away a penalty. Um, like I think that was the only 
the only error really from from the Panthers side was giving away that penalty. Otherwise, I thought they were. Oh, I hate using the word clinical because it just feels like it's the ultimate. But um, I thought they were close to perfect. I guess it's those quick, uh, quick three tries by Ezra Mam is kind of like okay, well they've. They they are the ones that are choking at the moment. Is what it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think they were perfect the whole game, but all in all, yeah, I think you're pretty right. It's they this it's pretty hard to fault fault them really. I know I noticed that Jerome Noir was getting a few kicks lobbed at him quite early on. His arm was pretty much hanging for much of the game, so I wasn't really surprised he was subbed off. But that the fact they were also targeting him too, because. You know, he took some big tackles. Um, I think the Broncos were going after him to try and, I think, just remove him from um, the possibility of um, any of the attacking plays uh, for the Panthers. Yeah, and I think they knew he was hurt. Um, that's that's what I said last week, that if if um, if he plays, go at that same shoulder because it's he's going to be reluctant to use it. They know it's taped up so he can't get it fully in the right spot. And um, if anything else, just... He's going to injure himself and be out of the game, which is what happens. Mm. And they were probably thinking that they needed to get rid of him so that Reese Walsh didn't uh, <laughs> get in a fight or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing they subbed him off early. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I think Brian saw all he, he – even though he didn't score a try, I wonder how many people had a multi on him to score mm. <laughs> because he seemed to be the uh, – I don't know. I think he would have been the reliable try scorer, but I felt as though the Panthers decided to change up a lot of their plays, knowing that there would have been a bit of analysis on on you know what particular plays they go for, and they they do like to um, have to run in there for a try. And I I felt like I felt like uh, they played a different game coming into this grand final a little bit. The Panthers, but yeah, even though um, Zorro didn't get a um, try, his tackles were pretty effective. Uh, read the line of attack, especially the ones that the Broncos were looking to employ. I thought he did pretty well to shut down uh, a few opportunities that the Broncos had down that um, that left-hand side, and he just he was there. So I thought um, probably credit to the Panthers for uh, doing their homework as well on the Broncos. Absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the Broncos. Uh, who are your best players? Who are your 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 sort of standouts and who not so much for standout <laughs> well standout uh Ezra Mam. I um I don't think you can go past him and when he got that well even when he got the second try I was like saying it to Isaac um if the Broncos win here like there's no way he doesn't get Clive Churchill <laughs> um he was just he seemed to be playing so well and then he got the third one and I was like yep definitely give it to him now game's over that's that's basically it um and he just even right up until the end he still was playing great like uh, he's definitely the standout for me. But Tony Staggs, I'll say he had a really good game. Um, well, I thought he did. Uh, there's a few others, but those two probably my top two. You were seeing it in a different angle than I was. <laughs> well, Ezra Man for sure, right? Remember how last week we were talking about how he Scotty Prince was comparing him to Benji Marshall? Yeah. And he ain't no Benji Marshall. Benji Marshall <laughs> ain't no Ezra Man, right? You yeah. know, like... I I don't know. Ezra just showed to me. I don't know what Tigers fans think, but yeah, Ezra showed to me he's in a different class of player. Um, mm-hmm. He has all season and in a grand final. Um, Benji's great, and Ezra's great. 
no more comparisons needed. They're just different, right? <laughs> but just showing us that he was worthy of the 5'8 Player of the Year honour at the Dell oh, yeah. Um Three tries. I, I don't, I, look, I haven't done the research on this. I mean, has there been anyone else that scored three tries in a grand final in history? Because that sure feels like. Be, but it's got to be rare, surely. Yeah, it was probably like the South's team back from 1910 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, wow. I thought Ezra played a great game. I, and I know I said this last week, he's one of those guys that, you know, he does all the work. He's there for defence. He's there for attack. You know, he's always got his eyes open. He looks for those opportunities. And, yeah, speed as well. Damn, Ezra. He would be my man of the match for sure, for yeah. sure. I thought Payne Haas played well. Yeah, um, I thought so. He didn't score the try. I thought he would. <laughs> but, uh, but I think I heard every single one of his head-ups, though, from where I was sitting. Oh, I um, bet. He, he's, as I said at Origin, scary, scary. <laughs> I would yeah. be, yeah, losing it if he was running at me. <laughs> I also thought Thomas Blakler, hey, off for a HIA and then comes back and scores a try before halftime. Oh, like, I needed right. that too. Yeah, yeah, that was a good boost. In, um, the sta- in the stadium before he scored that try, it was quiet. Like yeah. it, it felt like everyone was just waiting. Everyone, everyone was just sort of, you know, white knuckled, hoping to see, you know, who's going to blink first, sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah. and then when goodness me, and I'll get to that try. Uh, and when Panthers scored first, I was like, oh gosh, here we go. Crap, crap, crap. Don't tell me it's going to be. A run away from here but then when Flegler charged through for that um off a great read and I thought yep okay we're still in it we're doing all right yeah see I thought as many mistakes and as scattered as they looked in that first half they still went they only had one try scored against them in 40 minutes like it was still they were still had a pretty impressive first half and then to even it out like that I was like yeah we're going into second half it's going to be a great great second half they're gonna get the whatever they need to pull it together in, in halftime and regroup and go back out. And, yeah, that's what happened. But imagine if he didn't come back. <laughs> if yeah, he didn't right. Come, I think things could have been a little bit different. So let's Maybe. talk about that other player, <clears throat> the one who you thought that would score a try. But maybe we can say he gifted a try uh, in this grand final. Look, he's not my worst player, but I certainly just was probably staring daggers at him throughout that whole game because I was like, you better, you better play better after that. But yeah, Herbie Farmworth, um, some good defense and attack, uh, choosing about that high ball back rather than catch it. I need to have Mitch Kitty grab it and score a try. That was perhaps the softest try that didn't need to be conceded by the Broncos. I think at that point, Farmworth um, kind of showed what kind of player he was. Um, and is because some guys they let that affect their whole performance, mm-hmm. um, and and it just sits around in their head, and then they just become kind of absent. I mean, like if I'm to think of a player where I've seen that happen, like Greg Marju from the Newcastle Knights, he's that sort of player where you know one bad thing just everything just crumbles um, for him for the entire uh, match. But Herbie, I felt like that happened. He's like, right, that's it. While my sleeves up, I'm not going to let anything happen again. Um, off me that is going to turn into any more errors or this sort of stuff. Like I, I felt like he picked up and um, was determined to not make any more mistakes. And it, it actually showed like he ran harder. He was going harder as defense. You know, if that one error, it, it, 
you know, everyone thinks back to the Ben Hunt, you know, knock on um, from 2015. I feel yeah. like Herbie might have this one sort of hanging around him for a little bit, but uh, he redeemed himself, um, I thought, yeah. as best as he could for the rest of that match. I think he definitely did. And I think apart from that, he had a great game. Like he played really well and he was constantly like, I was looking like, oh, there he is again. There he is again. Like he's doing, he's doing great. And and I wonder though, if that actually was like, it looks like it was his fault, but I don't know if that was actually the play that they would have practiced that he is supposed to just kick that back, push that back and someone else wasn't there to catch it. But why couldn't he just catch it? Well, maybe they had played, maybe they had a play that someone else is supposed to be and just yeah. no one did anything. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it, all, it definitely looks like he made the error, but I don't know. Sometimes people just have these plays that are supposed to go a certain way and then someone else hasn't done their job. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And it, it's kind of weird because Herbie, he doesn't like to pass the ball. <laughs> so it's like, why, why are you suddenly batting it back? And I think it was like, I think it was among the first sort of few minutes when uh, they were getting the ball out wide and then they were coming down their left-hand side, heading to the wing. And I think he, they had this sort of string of players where as they're moving the ball through, Herbie's the last one to touch it, who gets it, who sort of like bounces it off his hands to Arthur's. And then Arthur's just kind of doesn't get there for the ball and then slips out into touch. And I thought to myself, you know, often, often when things like that happen, you think to yourself, well, you should have passed the ball. You should have held on to it. But, again, it's probably a set play that they have. Yeah, I know, everything's twenty twenty hindsight, Emma, and here I am, like, <laughs> what ifs, should is, could is, what is. And like, I'm, I'm sure the players are all doing that too, sort of thinking about, oh, I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't have done oh, that. Oh, they'll be thinking about that forever. <laughs> mm. I thought yeah. Billy Walters with his 40-20 kick in the first few minutes and getting the ball when they did for an opportunity, I thought that was a, a little bit of a moment um, which I thought was a standout mm-hmm. um, for me. Like, who knew? Billy Wallace has got, like, 40-20 kicks in him. And I think he tried again for a second time, but that's when Sunir Taruva um, kept it back in play. Even after they got that 40-20 and, and you know, they couldn't they couldn't turn that into a, a – yeah, they couldn't turn that into a try. That was that uh, Farnworth, Arthur's, yeah, and I just thought, oh, wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. Lots of opportunities that just sort of slipped through their fingers um, for the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. That over around too hyped up, just and like I said before, the speed of the game too, like just yeah. so quick, so quick. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys, I don't know how many drink breaks they took, but in that heat, they would have been dying, honestly. Yeah, and there was a lot of times where the play was going for like really extended periods too, um, without a without a stoppage. So. Mm. I think sometimes they're probably just like, yeah, we need it. <laughs> we need someone to make a mistake so we can have a break. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Hopefully it's just, someone else on the other team. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You're right, by the way. I thought Katoni played a great game. Um, did well to take the high ball in that first five mm-hmm. um, and get out of that angle area as well. That was pretty crucial. Um, he took some big hits. Uh, he had good speed to try and make another play down there, right? But Taruva getting his feet for a topple, I thought that was just like, oh, could have been a moment. <laughs> could have been a moment. But, yeah, that era, though, of where he got up to play the ball, it was just like, oh, mm. dude, this is basics, footy. How how did this happen? Um, but this isn't the first time Katani's done that this season. It seems to be a thing for him. He just sort of hurrying too much and not 
having the patience to play. Yeah. The fatigue and the nerves and the adrenaline and everything. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It was a bit too much for them. Um, I think so, yeah. yeah. And I think they've done so well all season. I don't think anyone's really put that pressure on them in that same way. Mm. Like they haven't come up against a team that's made them work so hard. Yeah, it's funny because Ivan Cleary actually said that as well in his press conference, that this is the first time his team has really felt what it's like to play against a side um, with that sort of level of football. Um, And I think he was kind of worried, especially the middle of the second half when Ezra's just running through and he's probably thinking, what are you doing, defence? <laughs> you know, yeah. what are you doing, Panthers defence? You know, here they are leading. They've just gotten three tries in a row. What's doing? Even though we get all the stats and everything from the players and, and um, you know, how many metres and stuff they run, I would love to see what an ECG and a stress um, metre reads on the coaches during a match because I reckon it would have been just, like, up and down throughout, especially yeah. in those last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <sighs> That was one thing I really like um, watching Kevin Walters. He gets he actually gets excited when when they try, and he was having a good old time. I feel like so many other coaches, if you do well, they're like not happy. If you do bad, they're angry. It's like there's no pleasing them. Yeah, <laughs> but he, right. He was enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, gosh, I, I just sort of saw his face fall at the end there, and I was like, oh. Your, your your face is exactly how all these Brisbane Broncos fans feel who've turned up for this live match today. <laughs> like where we were sitting looking down, we could see all of the Broncos, like sort of the fan support area behind one of the goalposts. Um, and and I think during that that final, because like when we went, Ezra ran through, they were just like ah, out of their seats, loving it, right? Every single Every single Broncos shirt I saw in the stadium were just up and out of their seat. And, and like, you could feel in the air that, you know, everyone was so hopeful knowing that it's, it's we're nearly there. You know, it's it's within reach. And then um, <laughs> when, when the tries started to come in from, from the Panthers, and I remember looking down at that Broncos support area and they were just quiet. The flags weren't waving. It was, you, you could see... The moment it was beginning to dawn on them, this isn't as close as we thought it was going to be. I mean, like this isn't as as easy as we thought it was going to be. You know, we should be getting excited. And yeah, those those closing minutes, um, like (laughs) I think I swore a lot. There were a lot of swear words coming out of my mouth. You know, when you're you're trying to hold a lead and you become quite, I think, just agitated when you start to see errors, especially when they're not holding the line. They're making what looks to me is a lot of issues uh, like they're, they're just not communicating well I saw the fatigue set in like you say and I was I remember yelling out hold that line hold that line <laughs> not that they heard me from where I was as high as I was but I was just like they're gonna run through you and they were just flat-footed and then when Nathan ran through I went of course it was Nathan of course <laughs> it was Nathan that ran through and around them and of course it was Reese Walsh that didn't get there to save that it still yeah. feels really fresh Emma, it feels it still feels really raw. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I think because they had that convincing lead for that little bit of time, I think that's what hurts probably the most because it wasn't like it was tight the whole game. It was I think everyone got a little bit too too comfortable too early. And I feel like maybe that happened to them as well. 
Mm. Not, I'm sure they weren't comfortable, but I'm sure they thought all we got to do is hang on here. But when you're in that position and all you got to do is hang on, you should be defending harder than you're trying to attack. Like defense is the biggest. And there was times where I was like, whoa, their defense is really good at the moment. Like the Panthers are just going, 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 and they just can't get through. And then all of a sudden it's like they just were like, ah, that's enough. We'll give it a break. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Broncos' defense was great in the first half and their attack picked up in the second half, but their defense really lacked in the second half, especially in that oh, you know, that last quarter, so to speak. Um, the fatigue, the heat, I don't know. But, yeah, they just slipped away. It's that coin on the Titans. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it was, like, still it was probably the best game we've seen all year. Like, it was so intense from, like, from both of them. Um, they pro- Even though the Broncos, like, we're shitting on them now, but I still think they played their best game that they've played all year because they had, yeah. it was the fastest game that they've played and they had, like, so much thrown at them. Mm-hmm. To only lose by a couple of points is, I think they did good. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think you're right. I'm probably being a bit too harsh on the Broncos. Um, <laughs> you know, it, well, they've broken terrible. Your heart, so it's fair. <laughs> yeah, it, it's maybe I'm just that. I feel like I'm that. Um, you know, aunt that's turned up to support their child who comes over with the silver medal when they were leading the race. Do you know what I mean? And then suddenly they're getting silver and, and the kid that was coming second has got gold. And it's like, how did you let that slip away from you? But, you know, <laughs> run out of steam to the legs. <laughs> so it's all of that. Like if I, if, you, if I was to make any conclusions here, I'd say, look, I, eyes open 40 and experience one of the Panthers that game. Mm-hmm. Also, I think the Panthers, they watched the Broncos matches a lot more closely than the Broncos had watched any of the tape of the Panthers and the Panthers were ready for them. Well, actually, maybe or maybe they analysed it too hard and they tried to do something else that wasn't just being consistently like focusing on your defence. They were trying to do something and maybe rattle the Panthers or trying to do something special, thinking like, oh, we can get our tries here or whatever. They're just thinking too hard and not focusing on what they needed to do to not leak points, maybe. It would go either way. I don't know. I don't know what they did do, but who knows? Yeah, I think maybe the Panthers were in their head a little bit in the first half and then come the second they decided that they were just going to do eyes up footy, I think was a difference for them. Because um, yep. I noticed that there were a few players from the Panthers side who were just there and ready for those line breaks um, and for those typical plays that we've seen from Broncos throughout the season. Um, I think that's why I said sort of earlier that, you know, they look like they did their homework on the players um, a little bit more than I think um, the Broncos did on the Panthers. But, I mean, like lessons that I'd say the Broncos could take away from this match is that there's a lot that is going to contribute to great lessons, great plays and great um, attack and all sorts of improvements for the new year. Like their campaign next year, I off this game, I expect to see the Broncos at next year's grand final. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they lose a few players, but, you know, they've got, they've still got a pretty good team. And, like, and also you've made the comments throughout the season that, you know, absolute kudos to their strength and preparation team, you know, like strength and conditioning team, because, you know, they've had very few injuries um, all season and they've uh, turned up uh, for every single match looking pretty hot. Imagine what they can do over the the off-season. I agree. I agree. 
it was it was basics and a bit of all discipline that lost it for them here i think that's all stuff that they can absolutely work on it's not like it can't be improved on um for next season and yeah i'm excited to see what the broncos come back with in 2024 um, i'm also keen to see whether the panthers are going to have as strong and as dominant a team following the fact that they'll be losing some players at the end of the season um, and whether they'll be as formidable a side in the new year but i mean i can't hate them i know they i know they'd be the broncos and i was going for the broncos but Damn, they played a good game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Got to give the credit where it's due. Yeah, I don't think they'll be as um, as untouchable next year, but I think they'll still be strong. Even losing those players, um, they'll, still, they'll still be a very good side, but I think they'll be a little bit more on an even playing field without those main guys. I'm just thinking about the fact that Serraldo's over at the Bulldogs. They've got now a few Panthers players that he's got experience playing with and coaching now going over to play um, with him next year. Do you think that we'll start to see a, I don't know, a resurgence of Dogs players, come, of the Bulldogs coming through for the new year um, now that they've got this, you know, ex-premiership, um, you know, selection of players that they'll have on the side? I hope so. I hope so for them. I think they deserve, <laughs> they deserve to do better. Uh, my concern is that those players will never have a grand final ever again. But um, but I hope I hope for the dogs that they do they do better. I I think they might. We I think we'll see improvement. I think they'll probably make the eight. Yeah. I mean, here I am talking like I'm sure people are listening like, what are you talking about, Lanny? I'm like, I think they'll make the eight. Um, it'll take a lot. They'll probably do a, a Newcastle Knights, I reckon. They'll do what they, the Knights did this year and they'll come in with like a winning streak at the very end to get into the eight, but they won't make it to a GF. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I hope I hope the Warriors get there instead. <laughs> <laughs> Against the Cowboys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, hopefully. <laughs> Any last thoughts? No, all around great game, disappointing result, but I'm sure it's not disappointing for the Panthers. And hey, that's uh, was it like a forty something year? Wait, what? When was the last time a team's gone three P? So yeah, the last time was uh, 1981. So I know that was 42 years ago. <laughs> that's pretty impressive and good on them. I think they they deserved it. Um, and like at the end of the day. They were minor premiers. Um, it made sense for the Broncos to be in the grand final. They were also coming second. Um, and the result was a good reflection, I think, of the seasons. They both, like it was close. They both were very, very um, tight the whole way through the season. But Panthers just got there in the end. And yeah, better luck next year, Broncos. Better luck next year, Broncos. <laughs> Thanks, Emma. You're welcome. Thank you. And that is a wrap for this episode and season of the NRL show. Thank you so much to North Queensland Cowboys fan Emma for joining me on the episode today. It was quite therapeutic to discuss our takes today on the grand final and maybe for our listeners who haven't been able to let it go as well. So to our other panelists on the NRL show that have been frequent contributors and honestly just great panelists Gabby Hotham our Melbourne Storm analyst fan and keen observer and Lachlan McIntyre our West Tigers go-to knowledge base and all-around rugby league whiz kid I cannot express 
how grateful and impressed I am with your knowledge, insights, and dedication to the show, all of you. You've made Season 3 a great experience and show for our listeners and me. Here, I was taking the host spot to fill in, and here we are with 33 episodes later. It's quite a body of work to be proud of. Thank you so much. Thank you for your contribution. We hope you enjoyed this grand final review episode in Season 3 of the NRL Show. I would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in and keeping the Rugby League community alive and the game strong. From the team here at the Mojo Sports NRL Show, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.